Before AI can help your business predict demand, accelerate growth, inform decisions, automate tasks, reveal insights, generate content, you have to trust it. Introducing WatsonX Governance. Helping you govern any AI as data, models, and policies change so you can scale it responsibly. Let's create AI that begins with trust with WatsonX Governance. Learn more at ibm.com governance. IBM. Let's create. During the summer when the weather gets hot, I can only imagine how much time you plan to spend outside with friends or alone on your couch with that AC blasting. AT&T 5G and home internet keeps you connected so you can enjoy all the summertime vibes. Whether you're sharing pics from a rooftop, video calling your friends from an outdoor concert, or streaming your favorite show episode after episode. So stay connected to your favorite people and your favorite things with AT&T 5G and home internet. AT&T 5G requires compatible plan and device. Coverage not available everywhere. Learn more at att.com slash 5G for you. This Father's Day, the Home Depot has the perfect gift to help dad be everything he can be. Because your dad is more than just a dad. He's the groundskeeper of the yard, the perfecter of the patio, and the cleaner of the clippings. This Father's Day, power dad's doing with the convenience and gas-like power of Milwaukee cordless outdoor tools from the Home Depot. Plus, get up to $150 off select Milwaukee tools. Find the perfect Father's Day gift at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Shop for Father's Day now in stores or online at homedepot.com. Welcome to Good Calls with Dean Blandino, a production of iHeartRadio. Hey, what's up? Another episode of Good Calls. I'm Dean Blandino. As always, I'm joined by the Caucasian rattlesnake, Travis Hanson. Travis, what's up? What's up, Dean? How are you, man? Look at your beautiful backyard. I, I love it. I want to come over and, and sit six feet from you and have a have an adult beverage. Well, yeah, we'll set up the lawn chairs and we can uh, and relax with the, with the lights on. It'd be yes. just like Wyoming, like you and your boys in Wyoming, listening to coyotes and stuff like that. Yeah, we'll get some uh, Coors Light, or how we say it in Wyoming, Coors Light. Coors. And, uh, and we'll try to start some things on fire. I like it. I like how it goes. (laughs) And Joe Madrid, Joe, as always, keeping it, holding it down from a technical standpoint. We couldn't do the show without him. Joe, what's up? Wow. Thank you. That's validation. I really could use that today. Appreciate it. That's a compliment. So make a note, jot jot it down that you got a compliment on April 14th at uh, whatever time it is right now. So. All right, Travis, update us day whatever it is of quarantine. Obviously, we're still in the middle of this thing. What, you know, what's the latest this past week in terms of cancellations, updates, suspensions, whatever it is? What's happening? Yeah, some of the things that caught my eye was the XFL filed for bankruptcy, which is, is sad to see. And they, they pulled the plug on that altogether. It's disappointing. I really liked what what they were doing this year, and I know I know you were heavily involved with that. So you can you can chime in if you want, uh, or we can wait till I go through a few. Yeah, of those we'll, other things. we'll get to the XFL in a second. Okay. Yeah. I, well, Vegas, they're still hopeful. I got bugs flying around on me. Vegas is still hopeful they'll get the stadium um, built for the Raiders this season. And if they don't, they've they've started making some calls about possible places they can play. 
um, a story that, that kind of made me sad in, in, in seeing the, the, the coyotes, they furloughed half of their employees. So, um, you know, seeing that the team starting to shut down makes you, makes you really sad to, that, you know, maybe this is, is something that's going to keep going and, and they know that it's, there's not going to be any season or their gut feeling is there's not going to be a season. So, and if, if they do come back, they think that possibly there's, you know, there's no chance they're going to make any kind of playoff push or, mm-hmm. or if they pick up, a, they pick up if the seedings are what they are now, they're not going to make the playoffs. So they're just, they're shutting it down. So it's sad. And you, you probably see uh, more teams do that here soon. Um, the NHL, they're self-quarantining. They've extended that, you know, talking more NHL, uh, another, another two weeks, essentially from the 15th of this month to the 30th. Um, MLB Manfred, he's, uh, did a Fox business interview, um, talking about baseball won't return until the public health improves. Um, and then they are also, uh, Manfred and senior staff, they're taking reduced pay for 2020 and, uh, and half of their, they'll continue to pay their employees through May 31st. So that's kind of, that's kind of some of the stuff that I've seen. uh, Obviously a lot going on and and you hate to hear about like furloughs and people taking pay cuts and things like that, but obviously people have to make business decisions and there's so much uncertainty and, and speaking you know, with, with knowledge of what happened with the XFL. And this was something, you know, I think as, as few as like, you know, a week, a week and a half ago, the XFL, you know, everything that was happening communicated was that they were going to play 2021. And and obviously they suspended for, for good reason, like everybody else, but the plans were let's start preparing for 2021. And that was like a week and a half, two weeks ago. And then obviously the news that, that they shut down, there was um, Oliver Luck, the commissioner, you know, he was, he was relieved of his duties first. And Oliver was the guy that, you know, we all signed up, you know, for, you know, I worked with Oliver for a long time and he was one of the reasons um, that I signed on. And, uh, and so with Oliver out of the mix, and then they made the decision, they had a a conference call with, with all of their staff and, and said they were shutting down. And they were letting everybody go. And, and it didn't sound like I wasn't on the call, but I talked to enough people who were. It didn't sound like um, there were going to be plans to play in 2021 or even beyond that, which, which you know, I get it. I get it from a business perspective. You know, Vince McMahon is, has really put a lot of resources into this. And I know he was dedicated to this. But, but who, could, who could prepare for something like this? Who could sit there when you're st- when you're creating a startup and thinking about a spring football league and say, well, we have to we have to make sure that we have a contingency in case there's a pandemic and the world shuts down. And, and so I don't think anybody could have prepared for this. And when you think about how the WWE has been impacted and, and think about the WWE, think about of all the sports, whether you want to call it sports or sports entertainment, whatever it is, think about of all the things we watch in that realm. It's, it's really the only one that doesn't have an offseason. The WWE is putting on events on a weekly basis 12 months out of the year, you know, and multiple events. You know, they do Raw and SmackDown every week. They do, they do you know, SummerSlam and WrestleMania and all these other events. There's no offseason. And they obviously, you know, I think they made a business decision that, look, what, what's more important at this point, the future of the WWE 
or keeping the XFL afloat. And again, I don't know if that ultimately was why they made the decision, but I can just speculate that that had something to do with it. Because right now, yeah, they're still putting on events. They still had WrestleMania, but it's not the same when you don't have those full arenas and you can't do it to the extent that they're used to doing it. So, you know, to me, it's like he had to make a decision, you know, the future of WWE or keeping the XFL afloat. And, and to me, I would have made the same decision. It sucks because you had, you know, from players who, who this was their, you know, probably their last opportunity to get back to the NFL or to ever make it to the NFL full-time employees that, that left other jobs to go work for the XFL because they believed in it. Uh, and, and, you know, officials that, that were there, all of these people. And what the biggest shame is that it was working, you know, people liked it and it had a bright future. I really believe that. And it just takes something so extraordinary to, to end it like this and to end it abruptly. And, and it's just, you know, everyone I talked to, I talked to Oliver Luck and Sam Schwartzstein, who was, who was a big part on the football operation side. And, and the big, the one biggest emotion is just sadness. You know, they're just sad that it couldn't continue. And, uh, and again, and I know, you know, it's not just the XFL. So many people are being impacted by this right now outside of the sports world. And, uh, and again, it's just so extraordinary and it's so, um, something that we just got to continue to work through and hope that, you know, this ends sooner rather than later and we can get to, you know, everybody back to work and back to what they're used to doing and, and see what the new normal looks like. So, you know, again, from an XFL standpoint, it, it sucks, but, um, it is what it is. And, uh, you know, who knows what will happen down the line at that point. Um, you mentioned Vegas, you know, I read that, that there's, if the Vegas stadium if the NFL season starts on time and the Vegas stadium isn't, isn't ready that they they're looking at other, they're looking at potentially San Diego, Phoenix. I think there was one other city. I don't know if you remember, but there, there was definitely talk of three potential neutral sites that Vegas could play home games at um, in lieu of having the new stadium in Vegas. So uh, it's again, so much uncertainty and, uh, and we're going to have to, you know, kind of work through it. And, uh, and I see Joe, is that Steve? Is that Steve waving at us? Yeah, there you that go. Is Steve. Yes. Thank you, Steve. Thank you. I didn't realize Steve, Steve. was there too. So he, he was, Joe, be careful. He was less than six feet from you. Come on. Yeah, well, he's across the close, street. Man. He's across the street, but somehow he's in here right now rating my friends. Let's, let's stick with sports. Travis, talk to me. Talking of the WWE, interesting developments in Florida. What, what is that about? Yeah, so they deemed they in Florida they deemed the WWE as an essential service, so they're going to return to live programming. Um, they had been doing taped programming, so I, I guess that's because of the the economic factor involved. That's that's deemed necessary and an essential essential business. So they're coming uh, coming back with live programming. You know, it's interesting as we think about state governments and how the federal government is, is, you know, involved in all this. But states obviously have, you know, different different restrictions in place. How many more states are going to, you know, are going to take that lead and, and make other things? Because you think about the economy and getting everything working again. Obviously, look, the WWE is not an essential business. OK, it's just not, no way. you know. Like I can, we can all live and breathe and, and, and spend the rest of our lives without the WWE, unlike, you know, hospitals and, and healthcare and all of that. 
But that's an economic decision. And it'd be interesting to see how many more states take that lead. Uh, because again, you know, every state has been impacted differently. And um, it's, it's, it's so like nothing in our lifetime has been like this. And so it's just, I don't know, for lack of a better term, it's fascinating to see how this all plays out. But hopefully, again, you know, back to uh, Rob Manfred from the MLB, I think most people are taking the stance, whether it's college football, the NFL, you know, the other professional sports leagues, that when it's safe in terms of the public, you know, being able to get out and, and interact with each other, that's when I think we'll start to see um, sports come back and, and these professional leagues start going again. And I think that's obviously the right approach. And, uh, and so it's really, you know, it's interesting. The other thing that, that just, it's fascinating. We talked about it a couple of weeks ago, this iRacing and I know Fox is, is big into this and they're showing these virtual races with drivers, um, you know, in their homes with, you know, their, their driving, their, their steering wheel connected to their computer. But this is this is it's virtual racing, but this is having some real life implications. Oh yeah, because we've had two drivers, Bubba it's Wallace, crazy. couple <laughs> Bubba Wallace, a couple of weeks ago, rage quits the race because he gets <laughs> into a virtual crash, and he's pissed, and he quits. He loses a couple of sponsors, and then just over the weekend, Kyle Larson drops the N-word in oh the middle of a race and he's suspended indefinitely. This is, if I'm a NASCAR driver right now, I'm like, I'm not doing these virtual races because I'm going to lose my virtual job if something goes wrong. It's crazy to think in the middle of a pandemic, somebody, and I don't know if you watched it or oh, I you saw it. what happened. It's, I didn't see it, but I got to check it out. I don't think he realized, but the reaction of the other drivers was like, dude, you just, dude, we heard that. No, they were like, like yeah, they're like, you know that everybody could hear this, right? Right. But he was like, it's, it's like that feeling like, A, what are you doing? Why are you even saying that? But B, like, that's like, you know, you, you have you ever like in a corporate setting, have you ever meant to, to it's a, it's a mass email. And have you ever like just wanted to reply to one person and you replied all is that, you know, that, cause that's the type of thing. And you say something completely idiotic and then, and that's what the reaction was, is like, dude, we can hear that. Like what the F is going on? So it is, I'm telling you, man, to get, to get in trouble during a pandemic and do something stupid is just, it's gotta be, I mean, I don't know. I don't, to, I don't know what he's feeling like right now, but it can't be very good. Um, and then Travis, you mentioned, talk to me about Taiwanese baseball. What's happening there? I, that sounds so interesting. Well, I saw a story that they, uh, they're going to start up their games again. And in the stands, they're going to have mannequins and cardboard cutouts. And I saw some of the pictures from this. They so have, um, yeah, the, the, the fans, the fans, I use hand quotes here, have masks on and they're sitting Shut in the stands up. and they're all kind of in different sections. And then you have, so there's cheerleaders in Taiwanese baseball. So then you have the cheerleaders posing with the stand up or with the mannequins. No, I swear. It's, it's great. You got to so look it up. Like building those mannequins. Like it'd be like, I want to, I guarantee you <laughs> if I was building those mannequins, you know, you know, who would be one of the mannequins, right? And he'd be in every section. Who, who's been who's been invading our world since this <laughs> Dude, the guy, started? Our guy. What was his name? Wood. again? BBC. Wood. 
Wood. Wood would be in every section. He'd be eating a hot dog. He'd be waving, you know, the big the big finger, you know, all the, the foam finger. Wood would be everywhere if I were doing this, if I were doing the cardboard cutout. So, um, but it's good to see in other parts of the world. You know, I read that there's places, you know, the Czech Republic, there's other places that are starting to loosen some of these restrictions. So social distancing is working. We just got to stay the course. Stay home unless you absolutely have to get out there. And, uh, and again, thank you to all of the first responders, the health workers, the doctors, the nurses, everybody, the people that are working in grocery stores. I talked to a high school official um, who, you know, I started mentoring and, uh, you know, he's working, obviously, high school. He can't work. You know, he does baseball, he does football, and he works in a grocery store. And he just tells me that, you know, it's stressful. And to everyone out there that's doing that so that we can sit at home and uh, and the worst thing that we got to deal with is boredom, that we can get the necessities that we need. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And, uh, and again, I hope we get, uh, you know, get through this sooner rather than later. Um, and then Cleveland Browns uniforms, Travis, what's that all about? Yeah, they, uh, they announced that they're going to, unveil their new uniforms on Wednesday and the uh, first wave of sales, they're going to donate all that to uh, COVID-19. And, so. and it is the Browns. So this I can't is, see that being you know, a I wish big it, donation. I wish it would be, you know, if it was like the Patriots or the Packers, we might get a little more for COVID research. The Browns, I don't know, like where are the Browns in terms of the 32? Like if you had to pick one team to say, the sales of this jersey would, you know, is going to help, you know, solve this issue. What team would it be, Joe? It'd be the Cowboys. Without Cowboys, yeah. Oh, sorry, you said Joe. Cowboys. Yeah. Okay. So forget about Cowboys. Let's say who's number two. I'd say um, Raiders. Their fans are pretty hardcore. Or no, actually, no. I'd go Steelers. Steelers. The Steelers are up there. Yeah. I well, I think the Steelers. Bucks. I think the Bucks should jump on board with this, and just all the t- all the Tom Brady sales should go to COVID research. I agree. Although Tom is like, Tom's not stupid. He's a pretty savvy businessman. He, I know he's trying to like copyright a couple of things like Tampa Bay Brady or whatever it is. Yeah. I saw Tampa, Tampa Bay and Tampa Brady. Like I don't like Tampa Bay sounds like something, I don't know, like in, in Southeast Asia or something. I don't know. That's weird. I think the, the um, question is, all right, uh, listen, so this, the other city is uh, Salt Lake in, in Utah. That would be cool to Salt have the Lake. Raiders there. That was the other one for the That'd Raiders. Be- Who's going to raise more money for COVID? Is it going to be uh, Dean's cameos or the Browns jersey sales? (laughs) I am. Every one of my cameos, everyone, public service announcement, every one of my cameos right now, I charge $25 a cameo, which if you go on cameo and you look at some people, Joe, Travis, who are some of these people that are charging like two, $300 a pop? are not worth two, three hundred dollars. And they're not putting in the work you do. Yeah, you're putting work. You are getting look at my ratings. I am on a five star streak. You for twenty five dollars, it may be the best value on the internet right now. I'm just saying I put a lot of time and effort into it. There's props, there's soundtracks, there's a lot of things that go into this for twenty five bucks. (laughs) <laughs> it's worth it. Trust me. And it's going to go to COVID research. Um, I, I usually give it to, uh, you know, some other charities, but right now, obviously that's going to be first and foremost. Um, so hit me up on cameo and, uh, and I'm also available. You know, I just had a, I had a zoom call with a couple of guys that I met 
you know, through Cameo. I did their draft order for their fantasy football draft. Had a, had a call with them last week, a Zoom call. Um, I've got to come up with one of the guy's names in the league. His name was more than a feeling, okay? And I completely nixed that name because it's so like, that's like you look up on Google, you know, funny fantasy football yeah. names. So he he can no longer be more than a feeling. feeling and I told him I was going to rename his team. So we got to think about a good name for this guy's team. And I'm trying to get just some information. His name is John. He's a Vikings fan. So I'm going to try to come up with, you know, and I need some input from you guys on, uh, on renaming his fantasy football team. Cause he, I will not let him go into the season with more than a feeling. Well, we've got you a know, lot of time. Like a Chris hands. Berman thing. hundred percent. Great player. I like, I like, right. you know, but I don't want to name, I don't want to name my team after him. Um, all right. You know what? Let's take a break. And, uh, and when we come back, we're going to talk a little NFL competition committee update, college football rules update, and, uh, and we'll get into that next on Good Calls. Before AI can help your business predict demand, accelerate growth, inform decisions, automate tasks, reveal insights, generate content, you have to trust it. Introducing WatsonX Governance, helping you govern any AI as data, models, and policies change so you can scale it responsibly. Let's create AI that begins with trust with WatsonX Governance. Learn more at ibm.com governance. IBM, let's create. This Father's Day, shop at the Home Depot to find the perfect gift to help dad be everything he can be. Because your dad is more than just a dad. He's groundskeeper of the yard, the perfecter of the patio, and the cleaner of the clippings. He's the weed-fighting, hedge-trimming, leaf-blowing lord of the lawn. He sees the job, and he gets it done. Because your dad is a doer. So show him you appreciate everything he does with the tools he needs to power up his landscaping game. This Father's Day, give him the convenience and gas-like power of innovative and durable Milwaukee cordless outdoor tools from the Home Depot. Plus, get up to $150 off select Milwaukee tools. For everything Dad does, everything he is, and everything he can be, find the perfect Father's Day gift at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Shop for Father's Day now in stores or online at homedepot.com. Paid by up-level rewards. Paid participation required. Actor portrayal. Attention all listeners. Are you ready to earn $750? Well, get ready because I'm about to introduce you to GetMy750.com, the ultimate way to earn. Here's the scoop. Instead of just streaming shows or playing games on your phone for nothing, you have the chance to earn additional cash. That's right. From trying out new subscriptions to playing your favorite mobile games, you can get extra cash in your pocket. Simply sign up at GetMy750.com and follow the instructions to start earning immediately. So, what are you waiting for? Turn your favorite apps into real cash with GetMy750.com. Don't miss out on this incredible opportunity to earn rewards for things you're already doing on your phone. Check out GetMy750.com today. That's right. Get started right now at GetMy750.com. Just go to GetMy750.com or Google Get My 750 Cash. Follow the simple instructions and get your $750. That's GetMy750.com. GetMy750.com. All right, we're back on Good Calls. 
obviously, you know, the next, when you think about big events sports-wise during this time, what we begin, you know, the NHL season would be coming to a close. NBA, not soon after that, um, not too far after that. Uh, we'd have baseball, you know, middle of, you know, starting to get into, you know, first couple of weeks of the season, but the NFL draft, right? April's been, the NFL has really done a great job of the off-season marquee event has been the NFL draft. And obviously this has been impacted like everything else by quarantine and what's happening around the country and around the world. So Travis, what's the latest on the draft and what is the draft going to look like, sound like, where is it taking place? Walk, uh, walk us through what's going to happen. So it's obviously not going to be in Vegas like everyone had hoped. Uh, you know, that's, that's been news for a while. Um, it's, you're going to see the commissioner from his basement announcing the first round picks, which will be really cool. Um, you've got uh, 58 different prospects with uh, what's called like a draft kit, which is essentially a camera. They're probably going to be Skyping with the uh, productions that are going to be out of Bristol, um, where NFL Network and ESPN are going to be um, taking part in a joint broadcast of, of the, uh, the event. You're going to see it on uh, ESPN and NFL Network. Like I said, also another version on ABC where they've where they've done things a little more interactive with fans on the uh, on the network level for them. Um, and it's uh, I, I think it's going to be pretty cool, though. I think you're going to you're going to see a lot of stuff. Um, you, you have you have Mel Kiper still. You have Daniel Jeremiah who does a great job for NFL Network. You're going to see a lot of a lot of great people talk about talk about these athletes and, and it's, it's going to be, it's going to be a great show. I think they'll, they'll, they'll combine their, their thoughts and put it all in as a night, as a nice show. I'm, I'm excited for it. Yeah. I don't, you know, you think about the draft and think about a normal draft. It's a lot of just, you know, pop and circumstance with the players. What do you end up seeing? Yeah. You get to see the players that are there with their families. They're sitting in a green room. There's always some drama. If somebody drops like an Aaron Rodgers. And now we're showing him, but really the, the meat and potatoes of the draft is the analysis, right? And we can still do that. We can still hear from, you know, Mel Kuyper and, and, and all of these, all of these, you know, college football and draft experts and it's the game film and showing highlights. And, and I don't think we're going to miss a lot of that. I think we're going to see more of it, obviously. And then with these draft kits you mentioned, you know, I talked to a lot of my former colleagues at the NFL and the IT department. They were putting together these draft kit kits and sending them out to, you know, the, the draft picks, you know, that, you know, the people that they anticipate and, and setting them up at home and going through this process. So I think the draft, I think it's people are going to really like it. I think it's going to be, you know, obviously not ideal and under not ideal circumstances, I think it's going to be the best potential scenario. Um, One of the things I did read is, is what's funny is they're saying that they don't want, so the draft pick at home, and obviously, you know, this is a big moment for them. And so you're going to have family and friends, but the NFL is saying don't have more than six people in the shop. So, so what is the over under on draft picks that get, you know, somebody's uncle or somebody's cousin has been waiting for this and they are going to jump in the shot. There's going to be one guy that just has 18 people in the shot and people are going to lose their minds because these guys, they've been waiting and whoever it is, is, is wants to be in that shot. I guarantee you somebody's going to sneak in when they're only supposed to have six in the shot. Oh, without a doubt, that's going to happen. You think about what happened with uh, Dak Prescott in over the weekend, 
and him having a birthday party. Yeah. And they said there was upwards of 30 people there. So you know for a fact these guys are going to have their well, whole Zach said Zach met with the Cowboys and he said it was six people or something or seven people. He said it was less yeah. than 10. So I get, I'm sure that there, it was less than 10. Oh, but yeah, definitely. Again, in what's the interesting... Spread, there that, was a buffet. It looked like it was enough for 30 people. That's I know. And, and, and I'm sure Zeke <laughs> is one, too, because Zeke has a good track record of... He was there. Not, so, and the thing is, what's interesting, and this has been something, and this has been a point of contention around the league, and you talk to GMs and, and, and everything else, um, they, the NFL is strict on this. You are not, they are saying you cannot be, the, the, the head coach and the GM, even if they live next door to each other, cannot be in the same home. If you don't cohabitate, you can't be in the same home. So, and this was asked, they had conference calls, they, they had memos, everything. And this was asked by a club, Hey, can Jerry and Steven Jones be in the same, in the same home? And the answer was no, they don't live together. They can't be in the same home. So every the coach will have a setup, the GM will have a setup, the, you know, the, the, the player personnel, all of those will have their setups, but they cannot be in what they normally have, that draft room where everybody's together. And they will have, they'll have secure lines for, for trades. They'll have a secure line um, to get the pick in. And, uh, and it's going to be interesting to how, you know, because you think about just technology and things, you know, what if somebody's internet goes out at their home? You know, what if, if they're sitting there? What happens then? Are they on? Is it like a fantasy football draft where somebody cuts out and they're like, "Oh, we got to wait for Tom draft. back." You know, he's got to he's got to play. He's going <laughs> to restart his router. So Sam we, Bradford. You're imagining. I don't want to draft Sam Bradford. Right? You're imagining like you know who who would be the funniest coach? Like if it's Bill Belichick, can you imagine him in his basement <laughs> on his hands and knees? like unplugging his router and plugging it back in (laughs) on the phone with an it guy he can make his draft pick it's so like you just think about these different things it's just so unusual i have a question Um, i think again yeah yeah so uh are you gonna be on the cowboys party bus for the draft (laughs) (laughs) he's not allowed no but i have a serious question though i did see a story about a mock draft they're gonna have so it's gonna be like a similar like fantasy football mock draft that they're gonna do you have any more details on that i I don't have a lot of details Uh, on that um you know you think about a mock draft it's again it's just so bizarre and the thing these teams are so secretive and they're so protective over their own stuff and so this whole setup and it's going to take more, you know, just collaboration and different things. Um, again, I don't think the draft presentation is really going to suffer that much. You know, I really don't. I think it's going to be cool. Like we're going to get, get to see Roger Goodell's basement. You know, like, what is that? Does he have a pool table? Have Does you he been have, there like, before? I've never, no, I've never been to his, uh. his, his home in Bronxville. Um, but it's just going to be like, you're in his basement. Like just that's cool on its own. We're seeing totally. these, you know, seeing Joe Burrow in his own environment and seeing, you know, and if we get cameras to see some of these clubs and, 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 you know, these, these coaches and these GMs. And so that's just kind of cool. And, and so I think, I think it's going to be a cool experience. Uh, and, uh, and we'll just see how it plays out. We'll see how it, how it runs. And if it runs as smoothly as when it happens, you know, I always, I always watch the draft for the fashion. I hope these guys are going to get all dressed up like they usually do. Yeah, that's a good point. I don't think yeah, the red they're going to be. I don't think they're going to be as dressed up. I really don't. They're going to be I in like know. snuggies. 
I don't think if I, I would get, you know, I don't think I would break out the, you know, the $5,000 you go boss or whatever it is to sit in my living room with, you know, with my family, but who knows, maybe somebody will do something creative and, uh, and we'll get it's like the rest it. of us, which sweatpant combo will I wear today? You know? Oh man, I try to, I've been having these zoom calls with, with replay officials. And that's the only thing that, that allow that makes me change my outfit every, cause I don't want them to see me in the same outfit, but um, other than that, is that yeah, a velvet I, sweater you're rocking right now? Are you going velvet right now? Or is that just cotton? No, it's not velvet, but it's nice. This is actually one of my better, um, I had this today on the meetings. It's, um, I forget what brand it is, but it's, uh, it's like, I don't know if it's a, it's not cashmere, but it's up there. It's a nice <laughs> no, another thing I'm looking for, en- enough about your sweatshirt. <laughs> Another thing I'm looking forward to in the draft is is these feature departments for these networks. They'll they'll have features. We didn't mention that they, oh. they've been working you know tirelessly on getting these features cut, and they did a ton of stuff at the combine, and they always get an opportunity to sit down with all those athletes at that at that event, and they put together amazing things so we can get to know these players, and and I'm really looking forward to that as well. Yeah, I, th- I think I think it's going to be cool. I really do. I think we're going to see stuff that we're not used to seeing. And, uh, and I think it's going to be pretty cool. I'm glad they're doing it. Um, you know, I know some teams are, you know, they're not happy about necessarily how it's being done, but look, again, I keep saying it's extraordinary circumstances. So we just got to, you know, try to try to work through it. Um, that being said, let's talk a little bit about, you know, the competition committee update. The plan is, um, to, uh, you know, they had another long call. Obviously they can't meet in person. The plan is to vote on these proposals at the May meeting, which is middle to the end of May. Um, and really the interesting thing, look, here's the bottom line. Um, replay, the replay rule from last year, the competition committee was 9-0 against reproposing it. And that is unprecedented. Never in my experience, and I've been involved with the NFL since 1994, and I've talked to people. My mentor, Joel Busser, he is the NFL's historian. We've talked, if not every day, every other day. And never in his recollection has a one-year rule change gone in one year and the next year the competition committee was unanimously against putting it back up for a vote. That's how bad that rule failed, okay? And, and I think we all saw the writing on the wall initially, how it went in, how it was applied throughout the season. And to think about 31 to 1, okay, that it passed prior to the 2019 season to 9-0, nine members of the competition committee member, 9-0, unanimous, not even to put it up for another vote. Okay, that is an epic, epic failure when you talk about that rule. And where does that leave us? It leaves us with, if nothing else gets implemented, and there are two proposals from the Chargers and the Ravens involving a a booth umpire and and a senior technology advisor that can both use video to help the on-field officials. Competition committee has has come in and said they want to table those proposals and study them more. So that means if we if we start a 2020 season and pass interference review is out and there's no star, sky judge, whatever you want to call it, we are back in 2018 with no recourse to fix the flagrant egregious error 
that that the like the one that occurred in the 2018 NFC Championship game. I can't imagine coaches, fans, media being okay with that. I mean, what do you guys think? I don't. I don't think. No, go ahead. Yeah, I think that. Well, the first thing I want to say is who's the one coach that voted against it? Do you know? Um, that was it. Was so it's not a coach necessarily. Well, Most of the time, coaches don't have a vote. It's an owner. So Mike Brown from the Bengals, and I give Mike Brown credit because Mike Brown has been philosophically opposed to replay since its inception in 1986, and he has not backed off that stance. And he was the one owner that voted against it. Well, you know he's doing. He's doing go, the do you know why he does it that way? What's that? Have you ever talked to him? You don't have any idea why he does it that he way? Just there, there's there's a general for people, and this you know you can say old school or there's. There's this thought process that replay creates more issues than it fixes, that, that it's a never-ending never cycle, that it's only going to expand and expand and expand, and where does it end? And that was the fear when we put it back in in 1999. We had a very small subset of plays, but you look at the number of reviewable plays in 1999 compared to 2019, and it's like tripled. And the number of stoppages has more than doubled. And the number of time taken in replay reviews has doubled. All of these things, because, and obviously technology is a driver, more technology, the, the more that fans can see at home and can see when they watch, wherever they watch, it, it doesn't make any sense that the officials and the officiating department can't use that same technology to get calls right. But that's always been the concern. Where does it end? And I think this has been a great lesson because we were always... When I was part of that competition committee, they were always hesitant to make subjective calls like pass interference reviewable. And I don't think they were all the, I don't think all of them were, were fully on board with the concept going into 2019. But I think what happened in the NFC championship game, the push, the impetus, it was too much to, to, to not do it. Yeah. And, uh, but I think their, their hesitancy and their fears were realized in how it was applied in 2019. That dude's doing the Conor McGregor walk. He, he's Mike like, Brown? yeah. Oh, he's like, I told you, he's doing, he's doing the, he's he's walking through <laughs> through the draft like this in his basement. Told you guys. Uh, I mean, he's again, he's old school, but you know, give him credit. He stuck to his guns, and uh, you know, he's the one. And you look at thirty-one clubs; it was crazy. Everybody was behind it, and it just didn't work. It did not work. And I'm not saying it can't work, but the way it was applied last year, it just wasn't going to work. And yeah. we saw it. We saw it play out week in and week out. Um, but again, going to be really interesting. I don't know many coaches that will be able to sit there and say, you're going to go into a 2020 season with no um, no mechanism in place to prevent that that catastrophic game-changing state. It's, uh, you know, again, going to be interesting. Let's uh, let's switch gears. Let's talk college football. And uh, and so the college football rules change proposals are in. There's one last step. It's called prop. It's the playing rules oversight panel. This is made up of mostly commissioners from the different conferences, um, different different people from whether it's ADs and different um, from different uh, institutions. And they have the they have the final yes no vote on these rules changes. When you think about the rules changes, and this will happen. Um, supposed to happen April 16th. It got pushed back a week. And so I think it's going to happen maybe April 23rd. I'm not exactly sure if that's the date, but somewhere in that range. Um, 
couple of things, the targeting, if you get, if you get disqualified for targeting, the player no longer has to leave the field and go to the locker room. So the player can stay on the bench, be with his teammates, but he obviously can't go back in the game. So they'll, they'll take his helmet. The officials will know that number 32, whoever it is, can't go back in the game. Uh, I expect that to pass. I, I think when you're talking about these are kids, right? You're talking about college kids to go, especially on the road and go sit in a locker room, an empty visiting team locker room. After you just cost your team 15 yards and then you're out of the game, that's tough for anyone, especially an 18 year old kid. So to be able to be on your sideline with your teammates, that's a good thing. It eliminates that, that kind of walk of shame going to the locker room. And, uh, and I think that's, uh, you know, going to pass. The other thing is officials jurisdiction. Previously, the officials prior to kickoff, 60 minutes prior to kickoff, their jurisdiction kicked in. That's when pregame warm-up started. So officials could technically throw a flag from sportsmanlike conduct or a personal foul starting with 60 minutes prior to kickoff. And obviously, you could have ejections and you could have 15-yard penalties on the opening kickoff. Now, after some things that happened last year where players getting into it during pregame, well before the 60 minutes, Officials jurisdiction will start 90 minutes prior to kickoff. And so the officials will be not the entire crew, but there will be at least three officials out on the field 90 minutes prior to kickoff to monitor what's happening. And they will have the ability to penalize players and eject players prior to the game. Um, The other one, this involves player numbering. I don't know if you guys are aware of because college rosters are so much bigger. There's no limit to the number of players that you can have on a, on a roster, no limit by rule. Um, there are teams that have multiple players with the same number. Okay. So you could have, if you look at a flip, a flip card, which has a flip chart that has all of the team, you know, the names, the numbers where they're from, there are some teams that have four number fives. There are some teams that have, you know, three number 80 and this can get there are rules in place where they can't play in the game at the same time they can't play the same position during the same game but this becomes really hard it becomes hard to scout when teams are trying to scout their upcoming opponents which number five is that and it becomes hard on the officials because if you have two players number five which player committed the penalty are we going to potentially eject the wrong player um, so the, the rule is no more than two squad members may be assigned or wear the same jersey numbers. Um, before, there was no limit. You could have five number fives. Now you can have a maximum of two number fives. And so that's going to be, I would imagine that would pass. Um, other than that, you know, really not a lot in terms of, of changing. The one that I think, you know, is it's more of a guideline, but there's no limit in terms of replay reviews in college. There's no time limit. In the NFL, you have 60 seconds to make a decision. In college, it's indefinite. Um, so what the college rule book will say next year is that it's not, again, it's not a, a strict rule where you shut it off at two minutes, but the expectation and the recommended guideline is that a replay review should take no longer than two minutes. So at two minutes, the recommendation is if you haven't made a decision, you have to make a decision. Most of the time, if you go two minutes and you haven't made the decision, your decision is made. You don't have enough to change the call on the field and let it stand. So two minutes is going to be a guideline for replay reviews. Um, And so that's really it from in terms of uh, college football. Not a ton of rules changes. I think that's good. I think there won't be a ton on the NFL side. And that's good, especially with a shortened shortened off season. Like we are going to have a shortened off season. Who knows when the season is going to start? And uh, so if you change a bunch of rules, 
it's everybody's playing catch up and, uh, and it's going to be interesting to, uh, to see how it all plays out. Yeah, so the NFL is going to do virtual offseason programs. Um, but a question I had for you, what, what was the penalty if you have, I know you, you probably see it a lot in like special teams the guys aren't used to being on this field at the same time um, with the same number for the team. Is it a 15 yard penalty? No, it was a five yard penalty for okay. legal substitution. And now, you know, there were other rules in place. Um, but again, now there'll, there'll be something teams won't even be able to assign more than two numbers. Um, because if you look one team, if you, it was interesting during the meetings, they showed a couple of flip charts and one Michigan, it was, it, it was insane how many duplicate numbers they had. And it's not just specific to Michigan, but they were just one of the examples that was used. And one of the things that, that I don't know if many people realize, but coaches, when they recruit, one of the biggest things is numbers. These players, they want the number that they want. Single single digit is one of the biggest things. And when college, what what I like, it's cool about college is you can have a 280-pound defensive end wearing a single digit, right? You don't see that in the NFL because they have restrictions on numbers. Defensive linemen can't wear single digits. Um, But so they are promising as a recruit – they're promising five number fives and that's how they're getting these kids. So this will impact recruiting. Um, so it does have real, you know, significant implications, but again, it's just, it's crazy to think about all these things in the discussion, in the rules committee discussion, I'll throw this out to you. What do you, what do you guys think? Cause one of the solutions was what if we went over 99? What if we went to three digits <laughs> so, so think about this. Think about this. Holding number 132 on the <laughs> offense. Repeat second down. What, what, what do you, that was one of the things that was discussed. Is that, what do you think about that? It's just kind of comical to me. I, it's, I don't think it's necessary. Like figure something else out. How many, how many men are on the, <laughs> do they have to dress? <laughs> oh, oh, some teams have over a hundred. Oh, I didn't know. Okay, well then, yeah. I mean, you have to do that. And the other, the other thing is, they will. They are going to add a zero, so you are going to have zero as another number. And the other thing that they talked about is adding zero one, zero two, zero three, yeah. zero four. What do you think? Like, uh, if I said, "Hey, Joe, you're the stud tight end from Pomona High School. I want you to come to SC, and you can have any number you want. We're going to give you zero seven. Would that be would that be interesting to you? What do you think? I, whatever you're gonna give me, a, you're gonna get me to the NFL. That's my that's my question. You want to get to the NFL? You, yeah. don't, you don't care about numbers. So so that's the thing with the numbers. Um, again, rule change process will be hopefully over for both college and NFL when we get through May, and uh, and then we'll kind of see. We'll have a, you know an update at that point. And uh, we'll see how we're you know what I I did have one question about I had one question about the rules. So uh, when the guys get booted, they they have to take their helmet off, and do they need to put on a skirt and some pom poms as well? Boom! I'm about to roll today. (laughs) Wow! (laughs) Got this guy tonight. (laughs) Okay, on that note, let's go to a break, and then we're going to talk about how Joe's coping with social distancing because not well based on that. (laughs) Coming up next on Big Calls.
<laughs> Come on, that was good. What if AI could help your business deliver mission critical outcomes with speed? With IBM Consulting, your business can design, build, and scale trusted AI using Watson X and modernize the way you work to accelerate real impact. Let's create AI that transforms your business. Learn more at ibm.com/consulting. IBM. Let's create. This Father's Day, shop at the Home Depot to find the perfect gift to help dad be everything he can be. Because your dad is more than just a dad. He's groundskeeper of the yard, the perfecter of the patio, and the cleaner of the clippings. He's the weed-fighting, hedge-trimming, leaf-blowing lord of the lawn. He sees the job and he gets it done. Because your dad is a doer. So show him you appreciate everything he does with the tools he needs to power up his landscaping game. This Father's Day, give him the convenience and gas-like power of innovative and durable Milwaukee cordless outdoor tools from the Home Depot. Plus, get up to $150 off select Milwaukee tools. For everything Dad does, everything he is, and everything he can be, find the perfect Father's Day gift at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Shop for Father's Day now in stores or online at homedepot.com. Paid by up-level rewards. Paid participation required. Actor portrayal. Attention all listeners. Are you ready to earn $750? Well, get ready because I'm about to introduce you to GetMy750.com, the ultimate way to earn. Here's the scoop. Instead of just streaming shows or playing games on your phone for nothing, you have the chance to earn additional cash. That's right. From trying out new subscriptions to playing your favorite mobile games, you can get extra cash in your pocket. Simply sign up at getmy750.com and follow the instructions to start earning immediately. So, what are you waiting for? Turn your favorite apps into real cash with getmy750.com. Don't miss out on this incredible opportunity to earn rewards for things you're already doing on your phone. Check out getmy750.com today. That's right. Get started right now at getmy750.com. Just go to getmy750.com or Google Get My 750 Cash. Follow the simple instructions and get your $750. That's GetMy750.com. GetMy750.com. All right, we're back on Good Calls. And uh, final segment of the show, Travis was just, Joe, I don't know, we, during the break, Travis was explaining to me again the hardships. <laughs> Him... He threw the, he threw the, you didn't experience this, but I'm experiencing this currently (laughs) with his eight children in that having a newborn and a toddler and how hard that is because his toddler just wants to be with him because he's so lovable and obviously has the newborn. So again, really tough Travis, you know, with, with his eight kids. I have two kids. I have two kids, but yeah, I, maybe, maybe I'm a little dramatic about it, but. I'm just in it. That's why I'm trying to so make Travis, conversation. You've, you've got a big change, big change in your life. You know, we were doing the thing where Travis's life before COVID-19 and during COVID-19, and it hadn't really changed, but yeah. walk us through your day today and let's see how different it is. I'm back to work, working from home. I'm waking up uh, in, instead of just doing bottles with the kid, 
and, and taking the toddler out. I'm, I'm working, I'm working. I got, I'm working on a, on a speak for yourself for Fox sports one on FS one. We, uh, I'm, I'm working with, uh, the talent, working with the guests and getting things all set up for that show throughout the day. And, and we're making live TV again. It's, it's, it's fun. It's, you know, it's, it, it's great to be back in the mix, but I miss the days of, you know, just hanging out in the driveway, drawing solar systems and, and dinosaurs. But I am, I am, and I'm saying this in the best way possible. I'm happy <laughs> that your life has not been impacted one way whatsoever other than COVID-19. Like you are still like you're sitting in your beautiful backyard, the backdrop, everything, loving life and just, and just living it up with, again. just absolutely fortunate to still have a job. You know, there's so many people that don't have jobs and, and we feel for those folks. And, and I'm just, I'm, I'm blessed to have a job. That's for sure. That's it. So that being said, Tiger King, okay? <laughs> Fox had a special this week, TMZ. Fox aired it. TMZ investigated Tiger King. So I, I recorded it. I watched it. I took notes. Um, Joe, I don't think you said you didn't see it yet. Uh, Travis, you saw it. I was, look, it was interesting. It wasn't, there was no Joe Exotic because obviously he's in jail. There was no Carol Baskin. So for me, if you take out those two, it's not that great. It was more of, it was Harvey Levin from TMZ narrating it. And they talked to a lot of people. Um, but I want to take out my notes because I want to make sure I don't miss anything because there was a couple of things that jumped out. The first thing that jumped out was James Garretson. Okay, so remember James Garretson was the guy <laughs> on, on the jet ski? Yeah. He's, got a, yeah. he's got a new haircut. He's got a much slicker haircut, and they interview him on the jet ski again. Yeah, no. he's holding his phone. <laughs> he's holding his phone in the middle of wherever he is on his jet ski. So are they like calling him out of the blue and like, hey, James? Like, oh wait, let me just let me just stop and do this FaceTime interview on the jet ski. You know, that I was could, the first thing. You know, I could have did the show on my jet ski. I'm here. That would have been amazing. <laughs> So the other thing, the other thing that jumped out next week is, <laughs> is this. So the comment Joe Exotic was brought up on charges of animal cruelty, and the idea was that he killed tigers, and and so I don't, I don't know who said it, but they were defending him, and it was one of his one of his former colleagues, and they said, look, you know, he euthanized animals, and and the, the I wrote it down, I took a note. The comment was. Animals get sick. Animals get bit by water moccasins. Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> Who? Where? When? Where are these animals getting bit by? What? That's so specific. Oh, another sick horse. Bessie got bit by a water moccasin. We got to put it down. <laughs> what? Actual direct quote. Animals get sick. Animals I remember get bit that. by water moccasins. moccasins. Yeah. So that no. Okay. So the Tampa police, the Tampa Sheriff Department has reopened the case, the Don Lewis case, the disappearance. Okay. And I feel like this is a not a great use of resources right now. And they're interviewing the cop or whoever he is that's in the charge. sheriff. It's the sheriff. Sheriff. That guy was amazing. He <laughs> said he the fact, and I wrote this down. He said, he said, Joe Exotic. He's like 20 to 30% guilty of murder, but it's not, he's not really like, it's a very flimsy case. 
20 to 30 percent guilty of murder. <laughs> how do you even gauge that? Like how? And they are now investigating the disappearance of Don Lewis and they're looking into Carol Baskin 30 the, years later. The craziest thing about that that storyline, they 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 kind of just brushed over it. And, and that, that was always my question about that was she doesn't seem very concerned about trying to find the guy. Like she just wants to, to, to just, I didn't do it. I didn't do it. I don't, I don't know where he's yeah. at, but I didn't do it. Like she didn't care. care about finding him. No. <laughs> o- OJ about to find the killers. He's still looking. <laughs> he's, he's still looking. Dudes in Costa Rica so, for sure. So the other thing, the lawyer, so his Don Lewis's lawyer was amazing. They're interviewing him and he keep, ref- he kept referring to the street. Did you hear that? Yeah. Like, Word on the street. <laughs> the street people are saying this. And I'm like, who are, who are the street to? people? Who are you talking to in the street? He's like, that's all I'm going to say. But what I'm hearing from in the street is, I was like, what? what? What street people are you talking about? Like, you're an old lawyer, like this old white lawyer that's talking to the street is talking. Like, that was hilarious. It's like he's got an online poll going or something. Right now, <laughs> then they went to my man, Doc Antle. I love Doc Antle. Doc Antle is now, is now defending himself <laughs> that he doesn't have a harem. He's like, listen, <laughs> I don't have a harem. I was married 25 years ago. I, I know my wife died in a car crash and I've been single ever since. And I've got girlfriends. I live by myself. All my girlfriends know about each other. They're all cool with it. So basically, Doc Antle doesn't have a harem, but he's just a player. So don't hate the player, hate the game. Like, Doc Antle is the man. So that, that, that was the thing. Then, then they started interviewing, like, Nancy Grace is on it. Like, Nancy Grace is chiming in about Carol Baskin, about Joe Exotic. And my favorite was Jeff Corwin. You remember Jeff Corwin? Jeff Corwin is like one of those like crocodile, you know, the crocodile hunter, like oh, one of those yeah, nature yeah. guys. He has a big show. So Jeff Corwin is chiming in just about, did you notice the amazing pewter statue behind him in his lounge of the guy on the horse? Like these I are the things that I know. Oh, go back and watch <laughs> Jeff Corwin. He's got this amazing statue of a guy on a horse right behind him. And that's all I could look at. Like I couldn't, I didn't know what Jeff Gordon was saying, but all I could look at was his horse. Dr. Phil weighed, weighed, weighed in yeah. on, on Joe exotics. You know, he's a, <laughs> he's an ultimate narcissist and all of these things. But my favorite was Travis Parker from blink 182. Oh, that's, I what? thought that's who that was. <laughs> yes. Travis Barker basically said, and this is a direct quote, Joe exotic is like Scarface. He's, you know, the story, the story of Scar- Scarface is just like Joe Exotic. It's relatable. How is the story of Scarface relatable to anybody that's not a murdering drug dealer from Cuba? Like, where how, is that? How related? do you come up with, how do you connect those two, Travis? Can you relate Parker? with that, Travis? Can you relate with Scarface? Joe, can you relate with Scarface? And nope. Joe Exotic is like the Scarface of big cat owners. no. The other guy, the real Cuban guy. The cocaine the, guy, yeah. The cocaine guy. That's the real Scarface of Big Cat Owners yeah. because he is Scarface. I don't even know. They loosely based the movie off him, right? A hundred percent. A hundred percent. 
And so the only thing that I'm thinking of is the amount of popularity. And look, this is TMZ just trying to get in on it is how many network executives are meeting zoom meetings today going, you got to find me the next tigers, not tiger King. Like you have to find me the next openly gay mullet wearing firearm, (laughs) firearm, like blowing up shit, you know, crazy person that runs a roadside zoo in middle America that has an arch enemy who's a crazy woman who also has a zoo who killed her ex-husband and fed her to the tigers. <laughs> Find me that. Go. <laughs> how is that even how is that even happening? It's Tiger King. We haven't seen the last of it. They did say they kept saying the PETA lawyer kept saying that they are investigating. Um, you know, they're still investigating. Even Jeff Lowe made an appearance, your boy, Jeff Lowe. He made an appearance. He had a couple of interviews, him and his wife. Not really, not a lot there. Dude, he's, did you see their nanny? Yeah. The wow. Nanny. He's been posting pictures. My of the nanny. goodness. Yeah, you knew he was going to, you knew he was going to be on like Bumble or whatever, trying to find nannies. That nanny is and, a 20. <laughs> so... We haven't seen the last of Tiger King. The PETA lawyer said that they're still investigating. Uh, you know, Jeff Jeff uh, Lowe said he hasn't been investigated, but who knows? Joe Exotic's still appealing. We'll see what happens. All right. Moving on. Best, is that a tiger? Nice. <laughs> Best COVID-19 internet content. What, what's the latest? What I've got seen? one. I think. I, I've got one. You got one? It's, you don't have one? No, I do. It's the Tiger King is is um what's his name we just talked about him the douchebag guy jeff lowe? is jeff lowe the the husband have you seen that oh, meme oh that one's Dude, great they look the same you said that one jeff yeah lowe. so somebody posted a picture of carol baskin's first husband and said the idea was floated that carol baskin hired jeff lowe to screw over joe exotic and it's jeff lowe is her first husband and now the person can't stop thinking about it and I agree. It's very the similarity is 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 definitely there. Dude, no they question. look the same. Eyes and everything. That picture that picture did look the same, but watching that special last night, it didn't look like the guy. I don't know, but many years have passed, right? True. It's there's been a couple new of our guy Wood. Like the, the Easter Bunny one was good. I thought that was a good one. Had, had when, does, when does Wood jump the shark? That's a great when, question. I think when when COVID ends, so you think go back Wood, to work. You think Wood is going to last throughout COVID? I mean, Wood and COVID are. It's like one of those things that's so funny because it's so played <laughs> out. But I think Wood and COVID are just they're they're kind of they're you know they're simpatico. When you think of COVID, you think of Wood. It, some may say we wouldn't have made it without him. We wouldn't have made it through this, right? He's definitely he's definitely united people. He's brought people together, um, and you know I don't think we've seen the last of Wood, but but I do think at some point, you know, at some point we're going to just become like immune to it. Like if you watch enough <laughs> crazy shit, like you just become immune to it. Like when I first started at the NFL, I used to put together, I used to edit videos, and one of the videos I would do is I would keep track of all the major injuries every week, and I would put oh. together that reel. And so I would see broken legs, compound fractures all of these injuries and after a while it was like it didn't bother me so you were going through all the footage that the broadcast networks don't show don't show and i would put that together and categorize it by injury 
Wow. And I became so immune to it that anytime I saw somebody break a leg or dislocate an elbow, I was like, cool. And I think, <laughs> I think eventually we're all going to be immune to the shock value of big black, you know, is going to go away. And we're all just going to be like, oh, another big black. Okay, cool. Dude, I can't not, even not watch a guy good. roll his ankle in basketball. I don't know how you did that job. <laughs> yeah, no, it was crazy. You just get immune to it. Um the other thing that came up, this was amazing. So I got a notification from Shazam. You know Shazam? Yeah. Oh, right? yeah. Everybody knows Shazam. We talk about, you know, when a drunk Shazam works out. So I got a notification. If you don't know what Shazam is, Shazam is an app that you can get. It's a great app. You hear a song. You don't know what the song is. You tap a button. Shazam listens to it. It tells you the name of the song. You can download it then to iTunes, whatever it is. Great app. I got a notice, okay, yesterday that we finally found it. I'm reading this. We couldn't find your Shazam earlier, so we tried again. They found the song. The first time I Shazammed it was March 18th. I got this message yesterday on April 13th. Have they been looking the entire time? (laughs) Wow. They got their best people on it. Have they had their, but they're like, Blandino needs this song. (laughs) And to me, that is the greatest customer service. Because I forgot, I'm like, it's three weeks ago. Like, I completely (laughs) forgot about it. Like, completely forgot about it. I'm like, oh, I'm not still thinking about Shazam from three weeks ago. But when it popped up, I could not have been more excited. Like, it's like finding $20 in your pocket, you know, from a pair of pants that you forgot, you know, you put it in there. And so I was so a free Shazam. That's how I looked at it. So, so wait, what you, was Shazam. the song? I hope this isn't just. So this name of the song was like some, some classical song. It was the symphony number no. seven, Angel of Light by the Helsinki Philharmonic. I don't even know when I was listening to that. I don't know if I was watching TV or watching something and I heard the song and I liked it. So now I got it. All right. Let's uh let's do Brandon Blandino, Joe, and then we'll wrap it up. All right, let's do it. Hurry up. I got a I got a tub of peanut butter half baked waiting for me. Did nice. you get another tub? So good. I bought three of them. Oh, dude, I'm still I'm eating sh- cheesecake for my birthday that I made. Dude, I'm so jealous about that. Like that looks you know what I did? I actually went and got uh, American Dream Cone and threw a threw a scoop of peanut butter in it. Not the same. It's not the same, but it was pretty nah. damn good. Here we go. The same. Cop car can't get out of the back. Child locks? Question mark. Yeah. So in the, you you can't get out of a cop car. Have you ever been in the back of a cop car? You can't just get out. Do they have? Is it child locks? Is they? Do they get? How does that work? Why don't you tell us when you were well, usually in the back of a handcuffs cop car? on too? <laughs> it doesn't matter, but I'm just saying is that do they have <laughs> do they have a button or are they manufactured that way that they can't open from the inside? I would imagine it's probably That's the question I, have. I would imagine it's the same technology. So yes. So it's just child locks. Yeah. It's I basically think so. child locks. So if he, if, if, you know, if it's his buddies in the back, you don't, you take the child locks off. If it's a perp, you leave the child locks on. I, w- I mean, I, I'm, I'm not a cop, but I mean, I could ask a couple friends. 
But I think, that, All right, like, so why you wouldn't know, you, why wouldn't you show, leave us, leave, leave us some comments. If you know anybody that's a cop, you know, is it child locks? Is it special? Are they built that way? Inquiring minds want to, I'd be willing to bet that it's just child locks. It would work exactly the same. Okay. That makes sense. All right. Mystery solved. Joe solved it. All right. Great Next job. time you're getting into a backseat of a hey, police car, you, all you got to do is hit that hit that button. Make sure. Meanwhile, you Joe, out. seriously, thank you very much. I know. Look, if you're listening to the show, the audio quality is not what we're used to. Obviously, with social distancing, we can't be in the same room. We're trying our best with some technical troubleshooting. Um, so again, appreciate you guys listening to the show. The audio, once we're done, you know, with this quarantine, we'll get back to normal. The audio will. Uh, you know, improve. And Joe is doing a fantastic job. This is two compliments in the same show, Joe. So I'm going to go puke. And, uh, and that being said, <laughs> wait, but even Tom Brady had internet issues with his interview with Howard Stern and he blamed it on Derek Jeter. Cause he's living in Jeter. Right. So, he's, so Jeter has crappy internet in his you know, Dude, I'm gonna, I'm, square foot mansion. I'm going to have to tattoo this date on my, on my arm or something. Two compliments a day from the Dean. Special day. (laughs) All right, let's go. Cue the music, Joe. This has been Good Calls with Dean Blandino. Please follow me on Twitter at Dean Blandino and Instagram at Dean.Blandino. Follow the show on Instagram and Twitter at Rules Podcast. And be sure to rate our podcast on iHeartRadio app and on Apple Podcasts. Good Calls with Dean Blandino is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Your credit card should match your lifestyle. At Kemba Financial Credit Union, choose a card with benefits that work for you. For a limited time, all cards have 2% cash back on purchases and 0% interest on balance transfers for a year. Apply at Kemba.org. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. You wouldn't expect to hear that we're America's third best city for beer like this one. Or home to vibes like this. And this. It might surprise you that we're top 10 for immersive art that's like. Whoa. And. Hmm. Not to mention, we have one of the top zoos in the country. So can a city with the country's best pro soccer team, ranking as a top culinary destination in the world, be in your own backyard? Yes, Columbus. Plan your summer at experiencecolumbus.com slash summer. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota.